You're listening to episode 180 of the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we talk about gratitude for the sensitive ones. Welcome to the Rebel Buddhist Podcast, where we explore how to use the science of psychology, Eastern spiritual practices like mindfulness and compassion, and the game-changing work of self-coaching so you can free your mind and free your life. I'm your host, Anna Verzoni. Hey, hey, my friends. Wow, so it's October. I can't believe it. The colors were stunning in Alaska before I left for Hawaii, and it's been gorgeous here on the Big Island. I've been working out here with some clients, getting Maya's costume ready for Halloween, and no, I am not freaking sewing it, just helping with the fashion consulting and whatnot. (laughs) She loves Halloween here because in Alaska, she usually has to wear this like huge jacket over her costume because it's freezing and you can't even see it. Now, while out here, I mean, I've only been here less than a week, I started doing some deeper trauma work with my therapist after my heart softening intention from my journey a couple of weeks ago. And I spoke about that last week. And I tell you, so fucking uncomfortable. Y'all have been doing therapy for a while, know this, right? But I just want to normalize it like again, that you get uncomfortable, which is why it's so important to like learn to be with discomfort, right? So, and anyway, I just wanted to bring it up again, y'all, because I'm just like in it right now. Like I knew it was going to be this way, but yeah, I'm in it. But, you know, I had to choose between doing this discomfort, which is way more uncomfortable because it isn't as familiar anymore, or sticking with my familiar discomfort of armoring up and having my heart closed and not feeling safe and all that stuff. And anyway, the great thing about opening my heart again is that I feel so much love and beauty and I cry more easily again, which I actually really like. I feel more like me again. I'm present to pain and suffering, and I'm moved by it like I used to be before my heart hardened. Like, oh my gosh, as a kid, like even commercials that were scary, I had to like run out of the room. And, you know, even as an adult, I like plug my ears half the time, like it's too loud, it's too painful to listen to. I'm present to pain and suffering and I'm moved by it as well as by beauty. Yeah, just more sensitive and feeling the impact like I used to before my heart hardened. But the flip side is, fuck, I'm more sensitive, right? And maybe to say that more correctly, my sensitivity hadn't gone away before. It was there, but I armored up to not feel it as much, right? And I know many of you can relate to that because you've told me that. And, you know, I armored up to not be as impacted by it, but it still got stored away in my body. And now I'm feeling all the things again, which means I'm even more sensitive to assholes and stressful events. It's like, oh my gosh, but I'm committed to using all these tools I know. And you've heard me talk about them here about self-regulation, right? Instead of armoring up. So the other day, of course, I'm like riding this whole like glow from my journey, you know, like not getting super activated. Then our house sitters told us, they texted me after I got a freaking awesome massage. I'm like, you know, at a red light, check my, (laughs) 
They're like, someone's been in your house and they took a shit and they didn't flush it. And they left the light on and the front door unlocked, which means someone knew our door code. And, you know, we definitely have friends that swing by, you know, in the middle of big mountain trips or something, but they like tell us and we asked everyone that, that we knew had our code and they said, no, we haven't been in there. And I'm like, what the hell? And our friends wanted me to call the cops because they didn't feel safe going in anymore. So then I had to call the popo and it just brought up all this stuff, all my old traumas of not being safe. Because in the neighborhood I grew up in as a kid, our house often got broken into, especially while we were in the house without bars on the windows. We moved into the house with bars about a year or two after this event. But anyway, after my mom and I had been in a car accident when I was 12, we'd been hit by a drunk driver head on. We were in our tiny house rental, like a really small house in an impoverished neighborhood, not a like hip little tiny house. And I was in my bedroom sleeping and the landlord had just added on this room. Prior to that, I was sleeping in one room with my parents and my grandma, all of us in one room. And I was given my own room when, when that other room was added on, which is very sweet of my family. Anyway, at night, someone had broken in and I heard my mom yelling, someone's in the house someone's in the house. And she's panicked. Like I can hear her like, oh oh my gosh. And she was using a walker because from the accident, her knee was broken and the man had pushed her over and grabbed her purse, which, you know, was hanging from her walker. And she kept it there to hold like, you know, the cordless phone of the house. She just kept in her purse there. She just used it as like a little basket almost, but it had all her money in it too. And That way she wouldn't have to get up and like find it all the time. And the police told us, oh, they probably watched you through the window and saw that she had her purse hanging there. That's why they just went straight for it. Anyway, I hear my mom screaming. I jump out of bed and I lock my door and I'm listening to what's going on. I hear my mom just like, Anna, watch out, watch out. So I'm like, fuck. And I've got this door closed and I'm feeling guilty too because I can hear my mom screaming, but I also know I wouldn't be able to do shit as a 12-year-old. And there were drive-by shootings all the time. We heard gunfire every night throughout the night. So I was scared shitless, like listening for a gunshot. You know, we can't afford an alarm system, right? So after this, we do it the old school way where we like pile up pots and pans by a window and they're balanced like very precariously. So if someone barely tapped it, it would come crashing down and wake us all up. So that's what we did, which is also what I later did to protect our food from bears in the wilderness. (laughs) Anyway, you know, so I lived my life waiting for that just to happen again. Because shit like that always seemed to happen, you know, which is why as an adult, I find no romanticization and living in a rough, like up and coming neighborhood. No, thanks. Over it. Right. I will take bear concerns over burglar concerns any day. Thank you. So anyway, this happens with my friends texting me. And I realize later, I'm like, man, that really fucked me up. Like I was super stressed and anxious and all kinds of shit, like irritable with Maya, just with life in general. And at first I'm wondering like, why the hell is this so intense? I've been through way more stressful stuff, like recently even, like after my journey, more stressful events, you know, with like insurance and all these kinds of things. And this was, you know, just in the big picture, like nothing was stolen that we knew of. Someone definitely came in without us knowing and there were no signs of breaking and entering, just like this shit in the toilet, right? And I've been through 
so much more in my life, even like cancer, divorce, both my parents dying, assault, all that. And this was just some like shit in the toilet. And I'm like, oh, it's I invited these big emotions in, you know, I wanted to be softer again, to feel fully again. And this is why I didn't because of fucking this. Right. So anyway, this meant that instead of just acting tough and dealing with it and getting on with my day like I usually would, like working in the ER and having traumas come in and just being able to move on to the next patient, instead of that, I allowed the emotions that this event brought up. And it was like, oh, yeah. Hey, guess what? It's okay to be disturbed that someone might have entered our house. Like, I'm thinking, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, oh, I, I should be upset this. <laughs> like entered our house, right? So, you know, it's not even about though that someone did that. It's about my shit coming up around this narrative I have about feeling unsafe in the world, right? That's why it was so disproportionate to the event. And and even then, I don't want to downplay the event. Like it's still an unsettling thing that happens. But then I'm upset that I'm so upset. And then I realized this is supposed to be upsetting. And of course, it's magnified in me because of my history. So then self-compassion came in and I was able to regulate more easily. So not armoring up, but self-regulating, self-soothing. And it was harder, but more authentic. And I was being with what is in a deeper way. But y'all, sensitivity is hard, right? I did an episode on sensitivity in the past, which will be in the show notes, but I wanted to honor that while sensitivity is hard, we really need it. And in particular, we really need people who are exquisitely sensitive. You know, sensitivity comes from the Latin word feeling. Sincere means to feel. The more sensitive we are, the more we feel. The more sensitive the more we absorb and sense and get attuned with our environment. This is why creative folks, poets, artists, dancers, musicians, actors are often highly sensitive. Sensitivity actually promotes creativity, as Gabor Mate says. But the sensitivity also means we are more susceptible to pain. So the same wound that would be experienced as minor by someone else less sensitive feels so intense for someone that's more sensitive. So sensitivity combined with trauma or stress, that usually leads to an increased need to protect ourselves. So that's why there's also a higher rate of addiction amongst creatives who are often more sensitive. There's even more of a need to escape the discomfort, right? And in modern industrialized society, sensitive people are looked down upon Right. And I have some shame in admitting this, but I used to really be guilty of that. I would judge people who were more, quote unquote, sensitive than I was, like people who needed more sleep than I did, or people who couldn't hack working in the emergency department, people that cried over breakups for months on end, people who couldn't get done as much as I did because they got overwhelmed, people who couldn't take more call than I did when I was a midwife. Right. But mirror. When someone or some situation really activates us, we would benefit from looking at how the things that annoy us and other people are found within ourselves. What was activating me and witnessing people basically just taking care of themselves was an acute kind of under the surface awareness that I was not able to do the same. You know, I, I kind of knew that, but it, it, it wasn't like I was aware that that's why I was getting so upset at the time. You know, as a poor, 
biracial woman, I had to make myself stand out to get out. My toughness got me places, helped me be successful and get to the top, brush off all the fucking microaggressions and the like oppressive systems I was in, right? Now, I've learned that that was my own shit being projected when I was kind of overreacting to people taking care of themselves. And I really opened my heart to learn to be more vulnerable again. I didn't ask for what I need to use the people I used to judge as my mentors in self-care. But let's face it, it's hard to want to feel like we need self-care in a modern industrialized society because people that need things are looked down upon. You know, it's hard to say you can't do more, don't want to do more in a supremacist society, in a society based on colonialism that devalues anyone who can't contribute economically anymore. You know, we have this idea that evolution is somehow always better. But what evolution is, is adaptation. And that doesn't mean that the adaptations are always for the greater good. It just means that the environment is such that people had to adapt to it or have their basic needs threatened. And sometimes that's actually leading to adaptations that are leading to more suffering and pain. So evolution isn't always better in the sense of what is truly in the greatest good. Perhaps we don't want to adapt to a toxic society, right? But again, many of us do, especially sensitive ones, especially those of us that don't have as many options. We have to adapt. Modern industrialized society doesn't honor vulnerability. It shuns it and calls it weak. You know, we say people are too sensitive or people are too, oh, don't be so sensitive. Listen, that's not even an option for a sensitive person. A sensitive person can't be less sensitive any more than you could change your skin color. It's a part of their nature. In traditional societies, sensitive ones were the shamans and healers. In modern industrialized society, we chastise people saying, don't be so weak. So we armor up or hide or escape with buffering, with over drinking or other addictive behaviors. But we are still feeling, you know, we can't pretend that, oh, I'm not as sensitive as I used to be. It's like, no, but I'm now just feeling it. I'm actually feeling it instead of stuffing it away, right? It's just getting held inside. And then you get to uproot it later in life like I am and get uncomfortable as fuck, but it's so worth it, my friends, right? So how can we address this at this point? Well, as Gabor says, we can heal from the traumas, but as small children, when these sensitivities are often first criticized, we can't really prevent it ourselves, right? Can we prevent trauma from being a sensitive person? Gabor says that's like trying to prevent trauma being a BIPOC person in a racist society. You can't. You're immersed in a society set up against you, so you will be impacted. In an unsupported environment, sensitive people get more hurt and often become defensive and putting up armor, right, around our hearts and in our bodies. But at the same time, a sensitive temperament in a supportive environment can become a joyful person, a leader, an intuitive leader or member of society, right? Our sensitivity makes us able to access more of the human experience. Like I said last week, we can be more present to, and this too, all of it, right? Because we can sense it all. 
My hope is that as a society, we help parents and teachers learn to recognize this sensitivity and honor and cherish it. And I also hope that we learn to be grateful for the sensitive ones. You know, in the myth of normal, Louis Malmadrona, who's of Cherokee Lakota heritage, told Gabor that in the Lakota ideal, quote, we need to celebrate and support people who are ill. And I'll just interject here that this includes physically ill because they're canaries in the mine. They're showing us our society is out of balance and we need to thank them for taking that on and doing it for the rest of us. All of us need to participate in their healing because if not for them, where would we be? We're all responsible for whatever ails them. We all have a responsibility to contribute to their healing for everybody's benefit. Hmm. So sweet, sensitive ones, let's walk this together, okay? And if you're not highly sensitive, please rally for the sensitive ones. Because like Mil Madrona said, the sensitive ones are the canaries in the mine. They are telling us something is toxic and we need to listen. So one invitation for today is to be a rebel and fucking take care of yourself in a society that shames people who do, right? Now, y'all know I have issue with people that cancel at the last minute and are like, eh, I need to self-care. But so I'm not saying just like drop all your commitments for self-care. What I'm saying is, you know, when you notice you're wanting to ask for something or say no to something and you hesitate, just kind of play with, you know what? Let me see what happens when I engage in self-care. When I'm like, you know, I'm not going to go out tonight. I'm just going to take a bath. Or like, you know what? I'm not really in the mood to do that. No, thank you. Right? Being able to ask people, hey, can we slow down? Or hey, can we turn that down? Or just asking for what we need. It's actually a very rebellious act in the type of society we live in to be tender, to be sensitive, and to be like, you don't fucking scare me. Like, I'm willing to take care of myself. And if more of us did that, that would be very disruptive to the current systems in place. So I invite you to experiment with that a little bit this week, okay? All right, everyone, until next week. And don't forget to head over to adventuremastermind.com. There are only six spots that are going to be there that are open. And we are in early like registration with the awesome early registration bonuses. So adventuremastermind.com. We're going to open it up to the main list and everybody else in next month. So if you really want to get in early, now's the time. All right, I'll see you there, adventuremastermind.com. If you like what you heard, spread the love and share it. And if you want to learn more about how to free your mind and free your life, check out rebelbuddhist.com and grab my free Rebel Buddhist training kit where you'll receive a video training on cultivating resilience, a copy of the gorgeous Rebel Buddhist Manifesto, and more. That's rebelbuddhist.com.